Beautiful. I'm going to see if I can record it from my end too. I don't know if it lets two people just so I can have a copy as well. Sure. And if, if that doesn't work or if you want to just record, I can send you the file. Sounds good. I think I have it recording on my end too. So we should be good. Okay. Awesome. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, first of all, yeah. Thank you for hopping on in such a short notice. I really appreciate it. Uh, had your story come across my desk and immediately was like, I'm taking that. I took all the other news editors away, all the other writers. And I said, anything that's got to do with Christian music or Christian rap, that's all me. So, uh, really cool, really cool. And, uh, yeah, just appreciate you hopping on and answering a few questions for me. Of course. Awesome. So if you want to just start off by introducing yourself, if I could have your full name uh, spelled out for me, please, uh, where you're from, what your occupation is, and uh, just a little brief summary about yourself. Okay, so I guess I'll just give uh, like a, f not necessarily a full legal name, but just, you know, uh, so my full name is Christopher Magnus, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R-M-A-C-K-N-E-S-S. -E um. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and currently my occupation is literally uh, making music. God has blessed me with, you know, finances to be able to fund the music, and I'm in a very fortunate situation where I have very low expenses, so I'm able to invest most of my time into building uh, music as a career and branching out to, you know, uh, convert that into some multiple sources of income so that it can be sustained so that it can be something that I do long term beyond just you know a side passion project fantastic and the stage name it's CDAW is that correct yes fantastic okay cool uh, so my first question for you was, if you want to just give me a little bit of backstory, take me back to sort of how you got into music specifically, uh, especially rapping, hip hop, things like that, which I know is sort of your main forte is what my understanding is. And then just sort of how that was something that got into your life. Was it something that was prior to, you know, the career side of music? Was it a passion for you beforehand? Right. Anyway, right. You want to take me through that. Yeah. Okay, so I guess first I'll just spell it C dot. It's capital C cap or uh, dash capital D capital O capital T, gotcha. just for clarification. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, I mean, I I grew up listening to Eminem, and that was a big inspiration for me, just because I thought it was cool to be able to rap. Uh, and so I learned to rap by rapping along to Eminem songs. Um, and then it wasn't until I was in high school where I discovered. NF, uh, who is a Christian uh, hip-hop artist. And listening to his music, right, there's no cursing, uh, no bad language, no talk about subject matter that isn't fruitful, really. Um, and I think hearing that cinematic style of music that's genuinely aimed at, like, really helping people, m subtracting all of the mainstream negativity i would say that really inspired me and made me think you know if i was to ever make music i would make music like this and so i actually started off as just an nf fan page on instagram um and then over time i was it, you know covid happened and i was like you know what i may as well do something with my time so that by the end of covid i have something to show for it and so i wrote my first song during covid and began to post those on my NF fan page anonymously, eventually did a face reveal. 
And then I sort of transitioned that fan account over to my main account. And if you actually look closely, uh, well, I, I guess I actually just deleted it, but I actually still had a few days ago, a Facebook account linked with the same title as the uh, fan page. So I just finally deleted it years later, but there's still stuff that you can find online from that. Right on. And you touched on it a bit there. Did you feel that there was sort of that aspect of, you know, fruitful lyricism and, and meaningful lyricism in sort of modern secular music and modern secular rapping and hip hop as well? And was that sort of a need that you felt you were trying to fill? That's a very good question. I think, I think that's something that evolved over time. I think starting off at first, I was really just interested in like, how can I make music that sounds decent? Right. And at first it was very bad. Right. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing, but right. I think eventually it became almost like a form of like therapy and expression for me to help contextualize my thoughts and experiences. And if I ever was in a difficult situation, I would just want to write a song about it to try to help gather my thoughts and process everything. And I did that for my, my very first album, which I wouldn't even really call my first album because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and it had an impact on people. And I had messages from people saying like, Hey, I was going to commit suicide, but I heard this song and it gave me hope. Right. And as soon as I sort of realized that, I think it maybe flipped a switch in my brain where it went from, you know, this is something that can help me to, wow, I never realized how something I just do in my room, like just writing a song can deeply, profoundly impact other people. And so over time, that has shifted into more of my focus. And yes, I still write about my experiences because that's the only thing that I know. Um, but I always have an awareness of the audience, the listener and rewording things so that they can fit into experiences that I may not have experienced so that it's sort of specific enough to really relate, but in some senses and in some cases, depending on the song, vague enough for many people to understand. And the fruit of that has been absolutely beautiful to witness. Uh, you know, from the cry to the song Let It Out that I have with my girlfriend, that's at over a million views, thousands of comments. And it's like, I, I can't even, I can't fathom it. And I, it's not, I don't know how to respond to all of the comments of the real impact that it's making. And so in that sense, I just have to give it to God and pray for those people. Cause I can't, I haven't even responded to all the comments yet. There, there's a big backlog, but yes, it's something that has evolved over time to trying to, I guess what I'm trying to do is it's interesting that you say that to fill the need in that genre essentially is sort of rework the norm and make it normal to really actually care about and be responsible to your audience and every word that comes out of your mouth as an artist, I believe is incredibly important because it can have an impact on people and it can linger. Um, and I only want that to be positive ultimately. Right. And I only want that to help people heal. And sometimes that's going to come in forms of, in the form of things that are a little bit more heavy and stuff. But ultimately, the goal of all of it is to help people heal and grow. Right on. Yeah. And it becomes super real really fast. Like you said, yeah. and it's something you're doing for a fan page. You don't know how many people you're affecting. And then you get this flood of people that are, are touched by it and are genuinely emotionally impacted by it. So I'm sure that that is a crazy rush to get. 
And uh, that's very cool to hear. Uh, the next question I had for you was, tell me a little bit about where the idea for your song, The Cry, came from off of your latest album, Dichotomy. Uh, when I first heard the idea, my mind immediately went to, you know, the rapper Nas had yes. a 1996 album, uh, a song called I Gave You Power, where he raps from the perspective of a gun and sort of how right. gun feels in, you know, worn down streets and going through conflict and things like that. So my my mind of you rapping from the position uh, of an unborn child sort of went to that song immediately. I just want to know both from a uh, perspective of structure of writing the song and trying mm. to get those lyrics to line up and also from a content lens of what you were trying to achieve with this song. So essentially like what was my perspective going into that structurally Correct. and sort of like emotionally in terms of the impact? Correct. Okay, that's the first time that I've had that question asked, and, <laughs> and I'm a little bit hesitant to answer it, but I'll 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 say everything that I can that that comes to me. Um, so the original concept actually, it was originally sparked from my sister, who for a scholarship opportunity many years ago in high school, there's something called the Father Ted Culleton Scholarship Award or opportunity, and you have an opportunity to essentially write a pro-life essay. And the top three get like financial awards and like scholarship opportunities. And my right. sister came in third and her essay was a story from the perspective of a child in the womb. And that sort of lingered with me. And I thought to myself, like, you know, I want to give a, it, it, it's such a controversial subject, right? And people have so many experiences and pain and emotion um, and fear and all different types of things associated with the subject matter. And so I thought to myself, like, what is the most honest and truthful and graceful way to deal with this subject? Not trying to prove people wrong. There's been enough of that. There's been enough of arguing about, you know, logical facts and, and all that type of stuff. And I thought to myself, what if I didn't argue at all? And I didn't even really like, you know, I, I, my goal is not to prove somebody wrong. Cause if, if I was to prove somebody wrong about a belief that they have, somebody else could come up with another argument and prove me wrong. Right. And it just goes back and forth. And so my thought was everyone seems to have a voice on this issue, except for the people who it affects the most. And I thought back to what my sister wrote. And I thought to myself, if I was to ever write a song about that subject, it would have to be very, very delicately crafted. And it would have to be a story from the perspective of an unborn child. And it took me six months to write it roughly. Wow. Um, the first day that I started working on it, I wrote that chorus and I broke down in tears. I was laying in the bed right behind me. Um, and I broke down in tears and it's like I could spiritually feel the presence of all of the unborn children who have been killed by abortion. Right. And it was completely overwhelming. And I knew in that moment that the song was going to have an impact. I didn't know to what extent at that point, you know, I hadn't really had a lot of feedback on any songs. I don't think. Right. Um, and so 
I think it was that realization that made me recognize I need to be very, very careful with this and very deliberate. And I actually, it's interesting that you bring up the technical side of the writing because that I stressed that so much with this song, every right. syllable, every um, adjective, every time where I say we versus she versus I, like all very deliberate. Um, and I revised it later and changed a few of those. And originally it actually, the song actually started with the kid in the womb on the bus. Yeah. And then I was reading a book at the time called The Writer's Journey that uh, I believe my dad got for me. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Like I know in just the, the overall storytelling side of things uh, in terms of like the hero's journey, usually the main character will start in a state of calm and normal. And that is what gives weight to the deviation from that. If you just start in the conflict, then it's already established and there's not much of the shock. And so I moved that original start to halfway through the song. And I started with just the mom waking up in the morning just to build a normal routine of what's familiar and what's normal. And I very intentionally uh, wrote it so that you don't really know what exactly is going on until just over a minute in. And a lot of people listening might think that it's a toddler or something. They might have no idea the context. If they haven't heard that it is a story from the perspective of an unborn child, they're not going to have any idea. And so the idea there, and this is, I'm very hesitant to say this because, um, you know, it, it's very deliberate for what I believe is a meaningful and justifiable purpose, which is to humanize the unborn. And the reason that I wrote it the way that I did for that first minute and 18 seconds or so is so that the audience listening, if they don't know what's going on, they build an emotional connection with the main character before they know who the main character is. So that once they realize it's an unborn child, it's already too late for them to dehumanize them. Correct, yeah. And that, I think that is what is at the crux of this issue, is humanizing the unborn. And it's a very very deep, very heavy story. And when it came to the ending, I spent months trying to work out and figure out like, what is the best way to end this? Like, do I want it to be brutal? Well, no, the song is already so heavy. I need to like introduce some hope. And that's why I added the, the newborn baby crying at the end. Cause then you're sort of left open-ended like, well, what happened? And the whole reason for that is so that it's not about what happened in that story. It's about the, decision that a woman has if she is in that situation because unfortunately um you know like abortion is a thing and i can't change the fact that it is true that people can decide to do that that's not in my control i can't change that so i'm not gonna like I, i'm not in a legal position or anything like that i don't get into the legal side of things my only goal with that song was if there is a woman who is contemplating abortion and she has an abortion schedule for the next day or she's on her way there that that song would make her break down in tears and reconsider for the sake of herself and for the sake of her child because and, and this is where it gets personal um 
like man i don't know how much i should say in like a public interview right that's up to you man it's all in your court so whatever you're comfortable saying feel free if it's something you don't want to touch on you can you can blow past this no worries I, I guess i can just sort of say it vaguely if um if someone in my history historic lineage or whatever within the last two generations had decided to have an abortion in a situation that today's world was would deem as completely justifiable to have an abortion me my whole family my nephew wouldn't exist and right. so it is a life or death uh situation and it has impacted me and i've had people talk to me about well you know why didn't you write a song about your story and about how through the difficulty of your birth you're like this miracle baby um and that's something that i might consider for the future but i guess I wasn't thinking about that at that particular time when I wrote the song. Um, so that's sort of, I guess, a little bit of a breakdown of trying to, and one other thing that I want to make very, very clear is my intention is not controversy. My intention is not to upset people. I understand that it's a very upsetting issue, especially if somebody has had an abortion. Um, and I've spoken to many women who have had abortions, who have heard the song and who have reached out to me about it. Right. It's not to upset people or, or spark controversy. It's simply to bring truth of the reality of what that is out of love and out of this desire that we all have to be hugged by our parents, to be loved. We all want to be loved, whether it's me, you, or, you know, an elderly person or a completely newborn baby or a newborn baby or, 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 or an unborn baby in the womb, it is hardwired in us. We, we, we just want love. Right. And I think from that stance, you can kind of almost categorize the song as a love song. You know, it's not your typical love letter, boyfriend, girlfriend, love song, it's but it's about, about this greater line. That's, that's sort of the, yeah. the takeaway I had from it. It's sort of a, a, this greater love song and what he I got means. chills when you said that. <laughs> well, you should you should tag that, and you should you should give me some uh, royalties from that. You should just you just send it out. <laughs> but that's sort the, of the, the song is actually I'm not making any money off of the song. Right. I mean, I, I like I don't know about streaming platforms, but on YouTube at least, uh, there's like copyright stuff. It's tough. Where I yeah. can't make any money off of it, which right. is fine. But I'm working on uh, getting exclusive rights to that uh, because there's some things happening in the future that I need to be, uh, you know, aware of. Sweet. Cool. Well, branching off from that, if you just want to quickly run me through, I had read that you had performed at sort of acapella at a slam poetry event uh, in Hamilton. I was curious about when that was, first of all, just date wise, because I, I wasn't able to find out when that was. Uh, and then you talked even a little bit about the reception you had had on social media of some people reaching out to you. What has the general reception been of that track and sort of where the, like the direction you took with that track? And is it something that's taught you anything moving forward? Oh yeah. Yeah. It sure, has been, yeah. yeah, it has been a phenomenal learning experience for me. And I was absolutely blown away that the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Right. Which is, is crazy to me because going in, <clears throat> um, I don't remember the exact date. I could probably send it to you. 
Yeah. I think it was a Friday a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, and yeah, I didn't ago. even, what's that? Not long ago. No, no, no. It was only a few weeks ago. No more than three weeks ago. I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, like it all started off. I saw the whole slam poetry thing and I'm like, you know what? I want to practice performing in front of crowds, right. Right. Get some, get some reps in. So I just went to these events at uh, it's called Mulberry Coffee House in downtown Hamilton, and I just like performed there just to get some reps in without any expectation. And I ended up somehow advancing to the championship. Don't even know how, right. but I got there and I was trying to decide what to perform. And I had two in mind, two songs in mind. Cause what I do is I just take songs that I've written and perform a acapella because I already have right. them written and memorized. And I actually still have a video of this. I was recording myself practicing. And after I practiced one, I thought to myself, what if I did the cry? And you can see in the video how like shook I am because I'm like, yo, if I did that, like right. that would be like crazy. And like that would have a lasting impact. I'm terrified now. Right. And I'm saying that in the video. And so leading up to that event, like the amount of prayer and preparation and feedback that I got from different people who agreed and who disagreed. I had friends saying like, dude, you're kind of being an idiot to do this. Like that's stupid. You're just going to ruin your reputation. And it's completely unnecessary. You don't need to do that. And then right. I had other people saying like, hey, that song is powerful and that song can impact people. And don't not do it just because it could cost you something. And that's right. the advice that I took because right. my goal is to do, I'm, I'm more and more I'm trying to uh, live by sort of, the, I guess, the mantra of what is the loving thing to do in every situation. Um, and there's so much to learn from that. And so, yeah, like praying with my girlfriend and I had my girlfriend a couple of days before saying, Chris, are you ready? And I go, what do you mean? She's like, you don't know how people are going to respond. You could have somebody stand up in the middle of the crowd during the performance and start yelling at you. Like, you know, there could be really bad feedback on this. And I was so anxious that I literally slept until about 2 p.m. the day of the event because I didn't want to be awake with the nerves that I had. Which is right. crazy. I like I've never done that before. Even back when I played hockey competitively, I would never do something like that. Right. Um, and the prayer and just like giving it all to God. And I remember listening to an unreleased song that I have before that's about gratitude to God. And I was like, God, no matter what happens tonight, thank you. And I will praise you and and be grateful to you no matter what happens. And so I put it in God's hands and I had people there to support me, which I am so grateful for. There was prayer teams, there was organizations praying for me. So many people, between 80 and 150 people, I want to say praying. Um, and then it came to the time of the performance and I closed my eyes the whole time during the performance. And after it was done, I kept my head down and I walked right back to my seat. I did not make eye contact with anybody because the response that people have personally to that song that's not my weight to bear. I can't handle that. Right. And so I just trusted that to God and I let the song speak. And we also said that night um, that if anybody was like, you know, in need of support, that there were people there who were able to point them in the right direction for support, say that there was some woman who was considering abortion. Um, and so, you know, 
myself and all the people that were with me, we really tried to handle it with a lot of care. And surprisingly, like afterwards, there was a massive applause and I was blown away. And I don't think I even really remember the, the applause. I just saw it in the video because I was so like zoned Blanked in. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, the, the funniest part of the whole thing, maybe I shouldn't say funny because there's probably a reason that this person gave it a, gave it the score that they did. But I guess it's just the way that it was handled was, was, was kind of funny is the MC gets back up to the uh, stage and they're reading out the scores that the judges gave. And the MC says, okay, ladies and gentlemen, what do we think about a zero out of 10? Wow. And so the first score was a zero and the MC, I guess, like I've never seen a zero at any of those events ever. Yeah, Usually like everything is at least a seven because people right. want to be nice, even if something isn't the best. Yeah. Um, and the way that she handled it was she handled it very well. And uh, there was, you know, a good amount of people who clapped in agreement with a zero. And right. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, that just I goes mean, to show you, right? I mean, like the, the type of topic that, that you're dealing with and it, it kind of confirms the pressure that you were under the day before, right? Like you knew something like this could be, could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, and, but the thing is, is at this point I was so at peace and I was like, right. I have done what I believe I was called to do. My job is done. I don't need to worry. Like, the, the response to it, people getting upset and stuff. I can pray for those people. And if they want to talk to me, I'll have a, a genuine, honest, open conversation out of love. But I can't, I can't let that be my focus because it's going right. to just drain me. Um, and then right after that, and this is crazy, right after that, all the other judges gave it either a nine out of 10 or higher. I think there was like a 9.1, 9.3. And there was, I think one or two, 10 out of 10s as right. well. And so it was still overwhelmingly positive. There was only one judge that uh, that did that. And I, I don't know this, so I don't want to say it. But if I'm not, I, I, I could be wrong about this. It's possible that that judge was the, if I'm not mistaken, the only male judge. Huh. I could be wrong about that. So don't quote me on that. Um, I, th I, I think at least that's what I heard from somebody. I don't know if it's true. Um, but the learning experience from that is just like, you know, what else are we going to do in life other than stand up for what is right and loving and true and stand up and stand in line with what we genuinely believe in? And that was a test. That whole experience was a test. It's like, okay, Chris, you say that this is what you believe. Well, are you willing to share that with a room of a hundred people when you have no idea how any of them are going to respond. Mm -hmm. And so that is like an opportunity to completely lean on God. And I am so grateful for that opportunity because it's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just beyond grateful. And there, there has been more negative backlash, not to me personally, but the organization that, uh, that hosted the event, um, I was told that they received some more negative backlash about yeah. that. And also some positive uh, feedback of somebody who wanted to speak to the judge who gave me a zero because they felt that that was completely unfair. So yeah, it's, um, I think maybe the negative response I haven't really heard much of, or maybe it's just not as negative as, as I was anticipating, 
But like I said, my, my goal was not to upset people. And so I understand that just saying the word as a man saying the word abortion immediately puts up red flags for people. Um, I understand that, but I really, really did my best to make the song in a way where even somebody who might disagree at the beginning of the song, by the end of the song is like, you know what? Wow. Like, I understand that. And I had a comment on YouTube about that. Somebody said, I usually lean pro-choice, but this song is like really, you know, right. It changed my perspective. So that's great. And that's powerful. And I think that's sort of the epitome of prayer in disguise, right? So the headline that people are going to see is, you know, Christian rapper sings pro-life song gets 10 out of 10 gets zero out of 10, but it's, it's all of this. It's all of the background work that people aren't seeing that goes into this. Like you said, sleeping until 2 a.m. or sleeping until 2 p.m. the day of, you know, the performance or the prayer with your girlfriend beforehand. There's so much that goes on behind yeah. this that, that gives you an opportunity to make this possible. So that's why, you know, it's so it's so nice to hear and it's so refreshing to have an interview and and learn that stuff, right? And it's all it's all stuff that I'm learning. Like every from this point on for the rest of my life, I feel that I am in completely new territory. I'm in fresh territory. There's not anybody that I know that's like really close to me. There's maybe like a couple people who have had like, you know, experiences like this. Um, like in this avenue, yes, there's there's quite a few people I know, but just in the whole realm of of music and like just getting past a certain threshold, like it's all new territory for me. And so I'm I'm a student of life, a student to the word of God, and I continue to learn and grow day by day and try to make corrections and see how I can do things better. I am not perfect. And I am not the hero of the story. And I used to have that perspective of wanting to be the hero and, oh, I want to, you know, save the world from all this negativity. But it's like, that's not my role. Jesus Christ already did that. I don't need to fill those shoes. I can't. Amen. I can Amen. just be a humble servant. So that's what I try to do um, is just, you know, every single day be grateful and take the things that I'm learning and do my best with what I have and plant seeds. And if God says like, hey, that's not the right seed to plant, dig that one up and plant this other seed somewhere else. Right. I want to have the spiritual discernment and such a close relationship with God that that is just, you know, the the correction of the conviction just comes instantly and I obey it. Uh, and that's something that I'm growing in is, is spiritual discernment. I feel that on such a personal level, like Christian rapper to Christian journalist, like you think there's no, there's no one story that I can break that changes all the negativity or changes anyone's opinion on anything, but it's, it's going to work each day and finding the little things and just doing the little work. And like you said, being that servant. So yeah. I feel on such a personal level. And I think that's something we share as, as you know, Christian rappers and Christian journalists like, so that's super yeah. cool. Uh, the only other questions I had jotted down for you were, you said that you had started back in high school. Uh, I was just curious now if you've graduated and if this, like you said, you're working full-time, is this your full-time gig? Yeah. So I started in high school. I graduated high school a few years ago during uh, COVID. I stayed back for a year in high school and I'm not currently in school. I'm literally just working on music, like full-time trying to build this up as a business. Cool. Uh, and yeah, God has just blessed me. Perfect timing, perfect amount. Like my needs are met and God is literally my provider. 
And it's kind of insane. You say these prayers over and over and it's like, God, thank you for providing. And I pray that you would continue to provide. And sometimes it's, it's, you know, when you say it over and over, it can become routine, but that is literally what God is doing in my life. And then the other question I had for you was the photo you had provided me of you performing on stage. Do you know what event that was at when that was at? So I can give you the exact date. I believe it was around August or, or June 10th, roughly. Um, this past year, it was in Ohio at an event called Recharge. It was like a, it was almost like a Christian revival event slash concert, um, that I performed at with a bunch of my friends, Christian artists from across the States. Uh, oh, I can send you all of their links if, if you're interested in that as well. Sweet. Um, uh, you know, a lot of them are doing fantastic stuff. My friend, preacher Zay, Isaiah, he just had a newborn son. He's 20 years old, uh, with his wife and he wrote a song called Dear Son. And it's like so beautiful and something that would make such an impact on this uh, movement and just on young men and to correct the negativity of, you know, irresponsible fathers and sexual right. promiscuity and stuff. And so all of the guys that I work with, all of my friends are doing, you know, incredible things that I'm just grateful to God to know them. And yeah, the people that God has blessed me with in my life is, is, ridiculous um I, I i literally i can't be grateful enough right and then the last thing i had on here is we just want to plug you where can we find your music what would you like me to include uh you know at the back end of the story youtube uh streaming anything uh people want to reach out or anything like that you can just either let me know in an email or if you have it on hand now would be great yeah i mean i can uh send you an email with the link tree that yeah. can take you to everything but i mean i got my website i got some merch on there i got youtube spotify apple music soundcloud deezer itunes um instagram tiktok facebook all over the map yeah i, I try to cover all bases is the main things for me are uh instagram youtube tiktok and then the distributing platforms like spotify and whatnot but right. i still do have uh like facebook and I'm still active on my website and I have an email list on my website and stuff. So right on. And then only other thing is going forward, anything that I didn't mention or talk about or ask or bring up that you feel is important to bring up. I have like probably the most content I've had for any story that I've done with this one. Interview. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's I'm sure. Fantastic. I know I I'm, I'm guilty of uh, rambling on quite a bit and dragging okay. out questions because I want to give full. Much better to have full answers than those short, you know, two, three word answers. So I'm appreciative of that. But just anything going forward in your life that you want to bring up, any any plans you had touched on, maybe wanting to do some other songs with similar themes, anything that you feel uh, comfortable revealing now, I'd love to hear. Well, we got three minutes and 50 seconds left in this <laughs> recording. I guess the only thing I can really say now, I don't like there's some stuff I could say that would be really big, but I'm kind of hesitant to share it now. Right. Because um, it hasn't gone public yet. So out of respect for organizers and whatnot, I don't want to share anything. No worries. Um, but I'm currently working on an, my next project. I don't know if I'll release it as singles or an album, but I have like more than an album's worth of content written. Just need to record it and get it mixed. Right on. Uh, and also a lot of the stuff produced. Uh, but yeah, going forward, a lot of the music that I've been making recently is completely different style um you know louis capaldi type instrumentals ballads much more emotional a lot more singing 
a lot more just emotionally gripping and powerful. Uh, and so I'm very, very excited to share that stuff. Right now, my plan is to hopefully release my next project starting in like June. Uh, if I stick to schedule, then that will be the case. But, you know, usually things have delays, unexpected things come up. So, but that is my goal is to release my next project in June. Um, I mean, I'm releasing an open verse later today for a futuristic song, his song Ikage. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with futuristics, but I'm releasing an open verse for, for his song. Uh, we'll see where that goes. And yeah, just day by day branching out. And um, I guess the only other thing is I want to be an artist that can share vulnerability and really, really help people heal and share truth in all avenues of life, not just one. It's very easy for, you know, to be put in a box. We all like to organize things and put things in boxes, but um, let's just say I'm going to do my best to break out of the mold. I guess I can leave it at that. Sweet. Well, Chris, I really do appreciate you hopping on. Like I said, probably the most content I've had to to sort through this afternoon is going to be quite busy getting the story ready. Right <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry like about I, that, man. Like <laughs> I said, I, I totally prefer that than getting email replies that are either I'm not talking to you or here's what I got. Take it if you if you want it. So I appreciate the long and lengthy call. It's it's super awesome to hear about what you've been working on and uh, super uh, excited to see what you have moving forward. Thank you, man. Yeah, and just thank you to everyone who is helped me i can't list off names because i'd be here forever but yeah like my girlfriend different organizations my family friends like the support has been insane and overwhelming so i'm just so grateful awesome beautiful man all right well i'll be in touch with an email i'll let you know about the sure. podcast and getting it online and i'll be sure to send you a link to the story once everything's published also i'll send you a draft tonight uh not yes. to share with anything but just to make sure everything's in line with what you're comfortable sharing sure awesome Really appreciate right. it. Man. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Thank you, man. God bless. I really appreciate it. Thank Take you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I'll stop recording.